How's it going, everyone? Welcome to this episode. So today we're going to be talking about singleness. Now, at the time of this recording, I am happily single and I have been so for a little bit of time now. So in this episode, I want to go over three different things. I want to discuss my views on singleness, the common views from the church on singleness, and then I want to go through a book written by Ben Stewart called Single Dating Engaged Married, where he talks about eight things that we can learn from the life of Paul in regards to being single. So, as we all know, humans hit puberty between the ages of 10 and 14 for women and 12 to 16 for males, on average. And then on the other end, the average age that people are getting married and settling down now is a lot later than it was 20 to 30 years ago. So, between the onset of puberty and then getting married, there's a significant amount of time during which we go through seasons of singleness and dating. And of course, you know, this is different for each person now. In this episode, The thoughts that I'm going to express are from my own experiences. These are lessons that I have learned and what I believe God has to say about this topic. The ideas that I want to express, I believe, will make a person better as an individual, whether they choose to get married or not. So I grew up in a traditional Christian Indian house and the culture back in the day, well, I mean, even now, the culture is you don't date anyone. You focus on school, you get a job, you stand on your own feet, and then bam, marriage. That was it. We were never taught how to navigate being single correctly, and we were never even taught the importance of this season of singleness. And I also want to say that the church doesn't really paint a good picture when it comes to singleness. We don't really look at singleness in the best light. I know that in my culture, if someone, especially a woman, was single for too long, it was looked down upon as if there was something wrong with her. The church made it also feel, you know, they made single people feel like they were less than Christian in compared to, you know, compared to their married counterparts. So you're not really, you know, truly Christian or not fully fulfilled unless you're able to, you know, be married as if, you know, you weren't able to be all you could be without a wife or a husband. And this is completely wrong. We know that some of the most prominent people in the Bible were single, Paul, Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing I want to say. If you're single, whether by choice or not, there's nothing wrong with you. You are honestly in one of the most freeing and potentially incredible years of your life, incredible times of your life. Now, as humans, I believe that one of the strongest desires in our hearts is to have purpose. We want to make a difference, whether small or great, and we want to be known in some aspect or another. We want to have identity. So we find identity, we find fulfillment and purpose in so many different things like our careers, our education, our money, material possessions, and a lot of times in our relationships. Now, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know about you, but when it, when I think of purpose or identity, I think of something much bigger than myself because I want my legacy to go on even after I die. So is that going to be with my education, my money or material possessions? I mean, it could be, but you know, we're definitely impacted today by the Gandhis and Kobe's and Warren Buffett, even though he hasn't passed away, but the Albert Einstein's of the past, there's some truth to this. We're definitely impacted by the work that all these people and even more than them did and how, you know, how it impacts us today. But I also believe that there is a longing within us that was made by our divine creator, a sense of purpose, belonging and fulfillment that only he can fulfill. So with that in mind, I believe that a season of singleness is the best time to come closer to what that means for each of us. Now, let's take a more practical look at singleness. This is a time of your life that should be fun and purposeful because 
I really believe that what you do in your singleness can greatly impact the trajectory of your life and also impact your dating and married life. We're always trying to find that awesome person to date, that someone, but we rarely look in the mirror and ask ourselves if we would even date ourselves. If you were to see yourself coming down the street or meet yourself while out and about, are you someone that you would date? Are you interesting? Do you have, you know, fun things to talk about, experiences that you've gone through or anything cool to say about yourself? Do you take care of yourself? Have you done things with your life in your singleness? Your season of singleness is the best time to try everything that you've wanted to try. Visit the places that you've wanted to visit. Get involved in that hobby or that organization or learn the instrument that you've been wanting to learn. You have the time and the freedom to do all of those things, anything that you want to do. Take a flight to a random city. Take a flight there and stay there by yourself and enjoy it for a week. Rent a nice luxury car for the day. Watch a movie in a theater all by yourself. Road trip across the United States. Travel to another country with your roommate. Work on a horse farm. Learn to ride a motorcycle. Be involved in an organization that helps other people. Learn to cut your own hair. Learn about yourself. Overcome your addictions and read books. These are things that I have done, by the way, because I'm not going to ask you to do things that I personally did not do. Now, a small PSA for the young men who are listening to me and who are looking to get married one day. Men, learn some personal grooming. Chapped lips, overgrown nose hairs, beard hairs that curl into your mouth. It's just not attractive. Learn to take care of yourself. If you're still using three-in-one body wash, playing 10 hours of Call of Duty in your dark room with the laundry all over the floor, you, you got some work to do. You know, I, I personally, I don't have anything against video games, but there's a, you know, there's a reason the father of the bride walks her down the aisle to you and not your mommy walking you down the aisle to your wife with the schedule of when you need to be fed and have your diaper changed. It's time to grow up, men. Now, let's take a little bit more serious look at singleness. I've been single for a little bit of time now, and here's what I've learned. In the earlier parts of my singleness, when I was you know, first single, when I first became single, I was trying to find a little bit of my belonging and worth in hobbies and mainly in relationships. I met a few people through dating apps and I was enjoying the attention and conversation and the people that I was meeting. But as time went on, I still felt the same desire for fulfillment, for fulfillment, and it wasn't being met by any of these people. We try to find that sense of fulfillment in different things. And for me, it was relationships. That's how I tried to find fulfillment for the longest time. Now, you know, I wasn't putting crazy expectations on other people, but I also was not centered in my relationship with God. So in the past year or so, I've, I've come to a point in my life where I'm not talking to a single girl, not focusing on any relationships, just narrowing my life down to what is important. I've begun to read more. I've begun to study more for my career. I've begun to work out more consistently. And more importantly, I've begun to spend more time praying and reading my Bible. I begin to prioritize my relationship with God above all other things. And that's made the world of difference. Now, I'm not saying that all this has been fun. In fact, the last year or so has been the hardest year of my life. It's been the loneliest year of my life. It's really caused me to discipline my life and really set my eyes on the things that matter the most. I've had to let go of dreams and I've had to let go of people. I've had to sacrifice on the daily the person that I want to be for the higher calling that God has for my life. It's been really, really difficult to be honest with you, but it's also been the most rewarding. I've grown more than ever in the past year, and that's only happened after I put God first in my life. 
The book that really helped me during the season was Single Dating Engaged Married by Ben Stewart. And I, I can't recommend this book enough. I, I wish I read this book years ago because it could have saved me a lot of time, a lot of pain, and it would have put me on my purpose a lot faster. In the book, Ben Stewart dives into 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and he points out eight things that single people can learn and apply from the life of Paul. Number one, resolve to never stop. God has a plan for your life. So resolve to learn that plan and never stop accomplishing what God has for you. Number two, invest in the next generation. Whether you know it or not, how old or young, I don't care how old or young you are, you've learned a lot of things in your walk in life. So share it with other people who look up to you. Number three, cultivate deep friendships. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, Pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Grow relationships with your brothers and sisters that extend far beyond just getting food on the weekend. Seek out people who will challenge you, ask you the hard questions, and call you out on your crap and always tell you the truth, even if it risks your friendship. Number four is to keep learning. Read books. Now, I'm not sponsored by Audible, but if I, if I could, that'd be great. I've been using Audible for several years now, and I just throw on an audiobook while I drive, and it's, it's helped me knock out books you know, faster than I would normally read them. Also, study the Bible inside and out. Psalm 1 says, He who meditates on the word is like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He brings forth fruit in its due season, and his leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Study other religions and what they believe. Study the views that disagree with what you believe and force you to look outside of the box. Number five is to make enemies. If everyone likes you, you're probably not doing anything. You're probably not making any movement. When you really stand for something in your life, especially as a Christian, you will face opposition. Now, the goal is not to make enemies on purpose, but to stand for what you believe in. When we look at the disciples in the Bible, 11 of the 12 faced violent deaths. Number six, forgive. Forgive others who have hurt you. Forgive yourself for what you have done. If you don't heal from what hurt you, you'll bleed on those that didn't cut you. Rest in the sovereign care of God and and, you know, realize how much he has forgiven you of and also learn to forgive other people. Number seven is to be courageous. Jim Elliott said, Father, make me a crisis man. Bring those I contact to a decision. Let me not be a milepost on a single road, but make me a fork that men must turn one way or another when seeing Christ in me. Last but not least is number eight. Rest in the care of God. We are in control of so little in life, but we can rest in the care of the author of life. You can trust God with your heart, your plans, your relationships, your careers, your goals. You can give all of that to God because he cares for you and will give you a peace that surpasses all of your understanding. For those of us who want to be married one day, God knows that. He cares. He's the one that put the desire in you to begin with, and you can trust him and his will for your life. When the disciples were worried about what they were going to eat and wear, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. When we chase material possessions, power, and relationships, we, you know, we can definitely live a good life. But if we miss God, we've missed it all. But if we put God at the center of our lives where he belongs, we will enjoy a fulfilling life that serves God and glorifies him. And God can bless us to an abundance in everything that we need in him. Like Mark 8.36 says, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, 
but then lose his soul. Our seasons of singleness are not to be wasted just sitting around, quote-unquote, waiting for the one to come into our life. It's intended as a season where you grow as a person. You draw close to your loving God and rest in his sovereignty. If you want to stay single for the rest of your days, all the things that I mentioned will help you live a fulfilling life that you will enjoy and one that will impact other people. If you want to be married one day, all the things that we talked about just now will drive you toward a fulfilling life and will exponentially benefit you in dating and in marriage. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to what I've got to say. If it helped you, if you found value in it, share it with somebody else who will also find value in it. And until next time, peace and blessings.